0: The Flash has been out for over a week, and the DCEU might have officially reached its end, so now it is time to sit down and rank all 14 DCEU films. As DC fans, we all have our own personal favorite corners of the DC universe, so my ranking is going to look different than yours, and vice versa, and that's okay. If you're up to it, I'd love to hear your ranking in the comments section. Hit that like button, subscribe if you're new with that down. Let's get started. Coming in last place is Justice League, the film that WB infamously took away from Zack Snyder and gave to Joss Whedon, and you can just feel the entire movie, the two different director visions clashing, and the two different ideologies for these characters. At times, Batflick reminds me more of Tony Stark than Batman from the previous film, Barry gets reduced to being a running joke, although I liked the characterization of Superman in this movie. The CGI mustache gate was just flat awful, and the reshoots were completely unneeded. The film was released early before the visual effects were completed, so the previous guy in charge of Warner Brothers, Kevin Sujahara. Could get one last bonus before he lost his job due to an upcoming merger with AT&T. So, still to this day, it's just absurd that this happened on a big budget, major worldwide release. Especially with this level of IP in the Justice League. Some fun to be had in there. Some fun character moments. It's still the Justice League. The first few times I saw the movie, but just sad. Coming in at number 13 is Suicide Squad by David Ayer. Really David Ayer maybe even should have taken his name off this film with how much he's come out and shit on it and with good reason. The studio hired a trailer company and brought them in to lighten the film after the negative reviews to BVS and the positive reviews to Guardians, and we ended up with this Frankenstein of a cut that has some good moments, sure, with the main cast, but fails to tell a compelling story. You can just feel this studio meddling when watching the movie. It's just a fun, you know... Fun vibe enough, sure, certainly, and some catchy radio tunes in there, but vastly different than the first few trailers and the movie David Ayer wanted to deliver. I can have fun with this movie. I think Jared Leto could have been a really interesting Joker, but Enchantress, the CGI, the dancing montage sequences with her and her brother, Diablo going from... Screw you guys. I barely know you to Nah, you my family, yo. I mean, I love Diablo. He's probably one of the best characters in that movie. Certainly love Will Smith as Deadshot. And of course, Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn is always great, but was definitely disappointed. Coming in at number 12 is Wonder Woman 84. Before I saw this movie, I heard that it was just a complete dumpster fire and that I was going to hate it. And I will say that I don't think the first two acts are outright terrible. There is some fun to be had in this movie. Gal Gadot is still highly likable. Chris Pine as Steve Trevor is still as magnetic as ever. Although it is weird whenever you were reminded that They basically kidnapped another dude and are using his body, which is just weird. I like Pedro Pascal. Who doesn't? And I don't think that Cheeto was bad from the very beginning of this movie. But once we got into the third act and the story kind of tried to come together with all the different storylines, it kind of just ended up going all over the place and kind of just became ridiculous and cringy, some spotty CGI. The music choices felt weird, and just overall, a massive disappointment. Coming in at number 11, and probably lower than most would place this film, but for me, it's got to be Birds of Prey and the fantabulous emancipation of one Harley Quinn. I do think there's some fun to be had whenever you have a character like Harley Quinn in the Birds of Prey, not to mention Ewan McGregor in there as Black Mask. I like more and more each time I watch him, but... This is honestly the most forgettable DCEU film to me, in the fact that nothing about it other than a few action scenes plus Harley and Black Mask really stand out that much. But there's nothing inherently awful about this film either. It just didn't resonate with me or pull me in. I was looking at the clock halfway through the movie each time I've seen it, waiting for it to get better, and it just never really does, just for me personally. Not awful, just, eh, whatever. It happened. That's kind of how I feel. Coming in at number 10, probably a bit higher up for me would be Shazam Fury of the Gods. I am admittedly a bigger Shazam fan, and I don't think this movie deserved as much hatred as it got, and it definitely didn't deserve to bomb the way it did. Although, I'm not crazy about it. The whole Skittle unicorn thing was a little weird. They really amped up the amount of humor in this film, while also relying more on heavy CGI action set pieces, which does make the movie feel bigger and more epic than the first. But... Also, it does take a hit with some spotty CGI on a higher budget, less of an emotional undercurrent throughout the film, although it doesn't lack heart completely, and it does have a few great moments with the family, there's not quite enough of them. Although Shazam vs. a Dragon was cool, it wasn't super emotionally satisfying, and the egregious studio spoiling a major character cameo in the movie was just a bad call. Coming in at number 9, just ever so slightly, and maybe interchangeably with number 10, is Black Adam. Another character I have always hoped to see long before Dwayne Johnson was publicly cast in the role, and although I would have much preferred to see Black Adam introduced as a villain first, and then over time, after many defeats and many years, eventually becoming an anti-hero, I just feel like you kind of skipped over a little bit of that, and just got straight into the kind of just straight up hero And although there was some interesting character development and opportunities for some interesting character interactions with that, and I think Dwayne Johnson was good in that version, that role that they were going for, it's just not my personal preferred version of that character, that's just me being nitpicky, he was pretty much a hero. Speaking of the Justice Society long overdue live action debut, and one can only hope that it's not too long before we see them again, at least see them on the big screen, I should specify. James Gunn, please, please give us the Justice Society. Also, the score in this movie is like top three or four best scores in all of the DCEU. Coming in at number eight, and this is already beginning to feel extremely difficult because I feel like every movie from here on up is a solid to great DC film, but... Number 8 is Aquaman. This movie has moved slightly down for me just because we've had more movies and the Amber Heard stuff I'm able to separate when watching this movie and I've always enjoyed her character. That being said though, moving forward I just can't. The scenes that build our two main protagonists in a romantic direction starts to feel rushed or like it happens just to happen. Other than that, I loved Mira in this universe. Jason Momoa is perfect as Aquaman. Reminds me a little of the Aquaman from Justice League Unlimited mixed with Injustice or the New 52 with obviously a lot of Momoa energy. I think the plot is a little thin, like we've seen the hero's journey before where he emerges and not just as the king of the ocean, but he unites the Atlanteans and the humans, but also... He becomes a hero. Not the most emotionally challenging or freshest storyline, but it was executed very, very well by James Wan and Peter Safran. Uh, Nicole Kidman and Tamora Morrison were kind of the heart of the movie, I thought, and 100% I bought their relationship despite little screen time. Volko... Willem Dafoe was great to see in there, and two of the better DCEU villains were in this movie with Ocean Master and Black Manta, and specifically Ocean Master. I pretty much love Patrick Wilson in everything, and I love the brotherly conflict in my comic book movies, although sometimes the comedy undercuts the emotional tension a little bit, and that being said, it's a fun, great time for DC fans with some beautiful effects. Coming in at number 7 is Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice, the Ultimate Edition. Not talking about the theatrical cut, that one is not even on this list. I actually watch this movie maybe more often than some of the films higher on this list because this film does so many things right when it's executing its story and showcasing some of the most epic and badass scenes we've ever had in a comic book movie. A score that introduces yet another iconic Batman theme continues the use of the Hans Zimmer Man of Steel theme, and it's just one of the best comic book scores of all time. It introduces Wonder Woman's theme, Lex Luthor's, which his theme also doesn't get a whole lot of love, probably because it's attached to a character and performance that annoys most people, and I can understand why. But the ultimate addition, however gives us 30 minutes extra of little short moments of development that were originally sprinkled throughout the film, fixes the editing problems, gives us more Superman, Clark Kent gets us so many more times to shine, whereas before I felt like the movie Batman overshadowed, this feels much more even between the two, and the Ultimate Edition felt like the perfect setup to Zack Snyder's Justice League, while delivering a slightly overly complicated story Not even in the main story, but slightly so in some of the side plots and just having so many different comics and what felt like different movies thrown together. This movie does, to me, however, deliver the action, the excitement, but not quite as much of the heart as some of the other films. And I personally do love how bleak it is, and Ben Affleck is truly the greatest Batman, so it does come in at number seven. Coming in at number 6 is The Flash, 20 years in the making, and my personal favorite DC Comics character, particularly Wally West, but I love all the Flashes, and I'm not going to talk about the Ezra stuff, I've covered it plenty in the past, but as far as this film and all of these movies going forward, I would consider great from here on out and this one and the next four could change but the main reason I don't rank this at number two or three is the god-awful CGI in certain moments of the film which the first time I saw the movie was very jarring but I still liked the film a lot and then the second time I knew what I was going into so I ended up loving it because yes there are some CGI moments in here that are awful. And hell CGI sequences that look terrible. But I do understand what they were going for. And I think some people can get by bad CGI. And if you can, like me, then you can appreciate the good CGI along with the story that they are telling. And if you can't get past it, then the whole movie just falls apart. But to me... The Flashpoint story was told beautifully about losing someone you love way too soon and that emotionally resonates with me and wanting to go back changing it. This movie was fresh in a way that this Flashpoint story in this film hadn't quite been done in that exact fashion. Two very distinct and different performances from Ezra Miller as two different Barry Allens both written and performed beautifully. Not so much that they that they couldn't be recast in future movies, but they were excellent in the film. I was somebody who remembers a good amount of time before Christian Bale's Batman existed. And Michael Keaton was clearly my favorite Batman back then, and I just got to grow up with both of them. So I am somebody who, who anytime the Danny Elfman Batman theme from the Tim Burton Batman films kicked in, Or we saw that version of the character, my heart melted. And he had so much more to do than I thought he would. It was very reminiscent of Toby and Andrew coming back in No Way Home for me personally. I also thought that Sasha Akaye, who I had no idea what to expect as Supergirl, absolutely crushed it. And I think most fans that have seen the film would agree she was a standout in her limited screen time. Overall, a great but flawed DC film. That was way overhyped. It never needed to be as good as No Way Home of the Dark Knight or Infinity War. It just needed to be good and hell, to even just exist. As a Flash fan, who never thought I'd see this storyline or Michael Keaton's Batman return and kind of gave up hope like 15 to 20 years ago. It's sad to see that this character has been damaged as an IP due to all of the controversy, not just surrounding the main star, but the two decades of delays. Here's hoping we can see a new version of Jay Garrick or Wally West pop-up in the new DCU. coming in at number five is wonder woman i could totally see why any of the top five movies could be your number one and my list changes throughout the year but currently i'd say after watching this past time to get prepared for this list i did start to notice something that a lot of people that do criticize this movie noticed which is the third act Now, I am not about to say it falls apart and the movie turns to dog shit because I think the emotional aspects of the film really shine in the third act and give Wonder Woman that extra push that she needed. But some of the CGI does take a dip. Patty Jenkins notoriously hates the Ares fight and some of his dialogue is rather weak. But honestly, that's it. The fight was great. I loved having Ares included. I just wish he had been in it from the start more instead of this last-minute inclusion. The score and cinematography are truly great, and this film feels like it fits in the Snyderverse and fits with some of these other DCEU films very nicely. The acting is great. Chief and the team are there for comedic release, but also have emotional journeys. This film is truly great. Coming in at number four is Shazam. This film has everything I wanted in a Shazam Captain Marvel film, except for, well, you know, Black Adam. Zach Levi, and the family fire on all cylinders here. Asher Angel and Jack Dylan Grazer get much more time to shine in this film versus the sequel. It has much more heart and emotion than Fury of the Gods and is one of the first movies to really put a light on foster kids and foster families, which is... Very special, and is also refreshing for a comic book movie and just movies in general. The family felt real and never felt fake or forced. The action and abilities were visualized in a way that made sense for that universe and for those characters, and you could really feel their untapped potential, even though it was on a smaller budget. Mark Strong's Dr. Savannah, although a compelling backstory and motive does end up falling a little on the generic side, but they do play into that and make it a comedic bit which added to the brilliance of this movie for me. Some of the CGI doesn't look great, but very heartwarming, fun DC film with some good action too. Coming in at number three is The Suicide Squad, this time by James Gunn. After getting fired by Marvel Studios, WB scooped him up and basically gave him the opportunity to direct any film he wanted, and he decided to do the very film WB had tried to do a few years ago that was slightly inspired by his own film, so very ironic. This was the movie that really got a lot of DC fans on board with James Gunn, although maybe not so many of them anymore these days. This and the Peacemaker era was the era... So many fans wanted James Gunn to have his own corner of the DCEU, and with good reason. This guy knows how to cast great ensemble movies, make obscure obscure nobody characters have emotional depth and warmth, give them substantial payoffs by the third act, or epic deaths before that. A true suicide squad where anyone can die at any point, and yet every character has emotional payoff, even giant starfishes or talking sharks. For a lot of people, maybe the least flawed DC film. It was recently confirmed that we won't be getting a sequel, which is a bit of a shame, because this movie is great, but maybe we'll get some more spin-offs. I don't know, is that what people want? Coming in at number two is Zack Snyder's Justice League. The movie the DC fans, Zack Snyder fans, and hell, even movie fans or people in Hollywood rallied for this movie for years until Warner Brothers saw an opportunity to build their HBO Max sub count, and it's debated on how big of a success this film was for them, but without a doubt, this movie made Justice League for most people unwatchable. And even me, who originally thought that Justice League was fun but flawed just because, you know, I, I love the Justice League and whatever, I can't scrub my brain hard enough from the memories of watching it in comparison that truly... ...is this big DC Justice League epic that Zack Snyder crafted. They introduce the members individually and take their time setting up each character's motivation, abilities, their backstory and what makes them tick... ...while also developing the chemistry and bond between the other characters while giving up great action... Obviously, some great-looking shots with the Zack Snyder film. The movie kind of brings Ben Affleck's Batman story full circle and sets up The Flash really well, and I'm glad the movie sort of canonized this cut of the film, even though it doesn't really matter anymore. Still probably has the best Speed Force sequence with The Flash. Having the entire team and all of the included scenes in the film the way it was meant to be was just a gift for Zack Snyder fans and for fans who wanted this cut of the movie. I've met so many fans and people who hated the original theatrical cut but think this version is a masterpiece, especially in comparisons to some of the comic book movies coming out today. It'd be very interesting to see what this movie would have made in the box office. These films certainly aren't for everyone, and Zack Snyder has a very particular set of style and flavor that rubs some people the wrong way, but I appreciate most of his work and this movie, So, but coming in at number one, for me, is still Man of Steel. I remember when I saw the first like 30-second teaser trailer announcement in the theater a year before the film came out. I had no idea the film had even been announced, and that is what me got to start surfing the internet daily for movie news. Because I had always loved Superman since I was a kid. I grew up with Christopher Reeve Superman while Smallville started. Then I was very young, so I truly grew up with those two Superman And then Superman Returns happened, and I thought Brandon Routh played a very underrated and respectful Superman. So, when Man of Steel was announced, and I had no idea who Henry Cavill was because I hadn't seen Immortals or The Tudors, I was hesitant, even though I liked some of Zack Snyder's work and Chris Nolan, David Goyer, Charles Robin. They were all attached, who had all worked on the Dark Knight trilogy. You were all bringing in Hans Zimmer, bringing in all this talent to do Man of Steel, and we just redid the Batman movies, the Dark Knight trilogy, which was great. Who could redo this story better than bringing in the same team that just did Batman? This film has an all-time great score, maybe in my top three of all time for movies. The use of different camera angles to tell the story of how Clark is feeling throughout his life, to me, I had never seen before. The depiction of jor and Krypton was something either out of Superman, the animated series, or Star Wars, and it blew, blew my mind at the time. The story of why Clark hasn't came out as Superman does work for me, even though it doesn't work for everybody, and that's cool, but the scenes where Clark finds out he's an alien or just wants to be his father's son, and his father proclaims that he is his son, but he has to decide what kind of figure he wants to be for the human race because he's bigger than all of that i mean there are so many different philosophical undertones and yes some religious ones as well but to me this is a perfect sci-fi first contact story with an alien race and what it would look like if this really happened in a human city there wouldn't be time to just move millions of people out of the way Faster than a speeding bullet. Not your classic Superman. Superman day one, literally, in a more grounded world that is conflicted with Superman, kind of like audience critics for this film. We're divided. A lot of people hate this movie for the changes this reboot made, but to me, that's why you do a reboot. You adapt. Yes, you retell. Yes, and finding that balance of... What you retell and what you don't is very important, and I respect that. And what to change, what not to change. And to me, they nailed it. And for some, it was bad. It was a bad Michael Bay film. The cast was absolutely perfect from the top to the bottom. And it will always baffle me and make me sad that we never got a Man of Steel trilogy with Henry Cavill. But remember, These opinions aren't meant to be polarizing, just honest from this DC fan, but I am curious to see what you all think of The Flash, the rest of the DC movies that have came out over the last decade, and remember my list doesn't represent all DC fans, just this one. Thank you so much for watching, if you'd like to see more videos like this or help support me, then please consider subscribing or hitting the like button, and I'll catch you in the next video. Take care of yourself and see you next time.